career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey, 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 listeners, I am so glad to have each and every one of you here with me today. And I think you're going to notice that I didn't say listeners of which podcast because we're doing what I call a double recording right now because the guests that I'm bringing back have been guests on my podcast a couple of times and they have a brand new book coming out that I felt like would really truly serve both my podcast audiences, both the ones of you that listen to Live Uncloseted as well as the 40 plus Real Men Real Talk podcast because we're going to talk about getting things into radical alignment with my friends Bob and Alex. And I've known Alex probably now at least six years. And then she latched onto this handsome dude, Bob. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess I get to know him too. But um, so Bob Gower, Alex Jameson, thank you so much for being here, guys. I'm so excited for your brand new book. And it's going to be out in just a week. Can't wait. And I'm excited. So Okay, the show is yours. I'm going to shut up. You guys just tell us what the book's about, and we'll be done. So. <laughs> Rick, thank you so much for having us. Of course. I always enjoy these conversations, and I, I'm going to tell a little story just because it's been a while, um, but Alex and I met many, many, not many, many years ago, but probably five, six years ago at Jonathan Fields Good Life Project Camp, and she led a, a, a little workshop on you know just you know really taking care of yourself and stuff like that. And I just knew I had to have her on my podcast. And then literally everything kind of took off from there. So, um, yeah, now you can't get rid of me. Yeah, I know. It's like, here they come. They got another book coming out. So I just, as soon as I hear there's another book coming out, I'm like, okay, I got to clear the calendar for a podcast because they're going to be coming for me. So, <laughs> and then I met Bob and, and similar stuff. We've just kind of, you know, we follow each other on Instagrams and all that stuff. That's how we all stay connected right now. But, um, Glad you guys are here and glad you're doing good in, in, in lovely New York City area after everything we've been going through for a while here. So knock on wood, knock on brick, whatever. Mm -hmm. Glad we're all still here on the planet doing the things we're doing. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. In the last six years that we've known each other, it's funny. I think we were, we were already using this method that we're going to talk about here. Yeah. But in the last six years, it has become the foundational tool of our relationship mm. of our family and even a lot of the work we do as coaches and consultants yep. so you know this this was barely a blink in our eye as a book baby back then yeah well it's, it's we were a little slow on the uptake sometimes i think well i mean it's, it's just something that we developed uh and then we use it in our own life and and we've also taught it to a lot of people and I think at some point we just started realizing that we just kept getting phone calls about it. People saying, hey, could you walk me through? Because it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's a relatively simple structure, but it, right. there's some nuance to it. And I've given the, uh, you know, I, I've just been on the phone with people. Actually, I was on the phone once with a friend in L.A. who was, she was in a new relationship and she wanted to use the, the structure to talk to her, her new partner with. Mm -hmm. and uh, I walked her through the whole conversation. I actually spent about an hour on it. I've gotten really nuanced with it, and then, because it was one of those long cab rides in New York during rush hour, and after I was done, the, the, the cab driver leaned over and said, thank you so much. I learned so much 
you know, from, from listening from over, from eavesdropping. And I realized, and I think we just realized that, you know, this was something that we wanted to get out into the world, that it was something that was really valuable or something that's important. And when we were looking for our next project, we were like, this is the, this is the thing. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so interesting when these things start to come together like that. And I've, again, I purposely haven't dove into this a whole lot because I know anytime that Bob and Alex put something out, it's well worth it. And I didn't want to like, be so into it that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the typical interview. Like, well, tell us about this. And you know, cause I know I want to be really spontaneous and curious through this, but even just the title and Alex can kind of relate to this because we've known each other since camp that I've been trying to really find my alignment with my work, even though I'm like, yeah, I'm coming out coach guy. I know this sort of stuff and da 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 da. And I wandered about the planet for the last 10 years. Like, Oh, well, maybe I'll go over here. Maybe I'll go over here. And I really realized when I saw that this book was coming out, it made me stop and pause and go, man, I have truly brought my own business and my own life into some real radical alignment just in the last year mm. because I got back to the core, what, what I'm about, what I want to be doing. And I'm sure there's many, many beautiful tools within this book and things that you guys are bringing to the world that will help us all see how you do this. So let's dive in. Tell us, don't tell us all about it, but tell us enough (laughs) about it that we will have a mad rush to people pre-ordering on Amazon. Well, the the basic heart and soul of this book is about one conversation structure that we share with people that can be applied to almost, I have yet to find a topic it doesn't work with, I'll be honest, but it's, Mm. it's a way to bring structure to conversations, especially conversations where there's high stakes or a lot of emotions and most of us aren't used to having important conversations with structure so that everybody like this is about creating psychological safety for everyone it's about creating a safe space and kind of rules of engagement how we're going to communicate with each other so that everyone is heard so that a diversity of voices can be presented in the same place about the same topic and Rick, I don't know about you, but I was not raised to have formatted, logical conversations where everybody felt safe. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And nope. Mm -mm. So, and it's a very, very simple four-step conversation. So we'll play what that is. And then we can even like role play one for you. Cool. So you each share your intentions, concerns, boundaries, and dreams about whatever the important topic is. Yeah, and, it, and we also want to get clear about what we're talking about to start off with, right? You know, and usually it's sort of why, you know, so, you know, it could be that we're going to talk about launching our new project and the reason we want to talk about it is because we need to get clear on, you know, what we're going to do in the first quarter, what we're going to do in the next three months. Or it could be that, you know, at home, we're going to talk about our finances. And the reason we want to talk about our finances is because we want both of us to feel like we live an abundant life and not feel constrained, but we also want to be saving responsibly for the future or something like that, right? So it's, it's sort of, you know, and, and it can span personal and it can span business, but it's really like, what are we talking about and why are we talking about that? And often that's just a revelation yep. as well, you know? That makes so much sense. You know, it's interesting because as, as you're saying this, I'm in a situation that <laughs> it's one of those situations where I have to have a conversation with a customer 
and it's escalated because I work for somebody else part-time and it was a, we're, we've escalated this to like, okay, we're all at the highest levels. Like, okay, we're going to do this. And I am so, so dreading this conversation yet just the four things you just laid out. I'm like, Oh, okay. There's what I need for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Lay it out there. You know, it's it so really, fascinating. We like to say that it, it, it helps to kind of, help you spot any potential emotional landmines yep. before you get there. Yep. And again, the, the way we do it is that each person shares one at a time. This isn't a place where you're arguing points. Mm -hmm. It's just information collecting. And, you know, we've, we've dabbled in some 12-step work ourselves. Sure. So there's no crosstalk. There's no talking over. It's just, you know, two minutes for me to share my intentions. Now, what are your intentions? Yeah. And there's really two ways. You can even use it, you know, you could use it to get clear with yourself before you had this conversation as well. And then you could also use it with the other person as you have the conversation uh, about the topic too. But even as you guys are talking about this right now, I mean, you're using some terminology that I don't think a lot of people even have tried to access or go to because we start into a conversation. Okay, let me tell you what's wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and, and what you're, as you guys were speaking through this, the thing that I was thinking is this is, is this is creating the pause. This is creating the breath. This is creating the, Let's slow down because if you have to think about, okay, what is my intentions? What are my concerns? What are my boundaries? What are my dreams? What is it we want to talk about? And why is it that we want to talk about it? I'm already breathless just <laughs> saying those things, right? <laughs> so I can't be angry. Well, I could, but I can't really be angry because I have to pause mm -hmm. and I have to like, okay, we're, so we're slowing this thing down. Yeah. And I think that's part of the beauty of what you guys are putting together. And we have to take each other's perspective as well. Like I'm going to give you space to share your concerns. And rather than the concerns being shared in the context of, Hey, here's why you're wrong. And what I think is going to go wrong. It's more just like, these are my concerns. These are the things that I'm concerned about. And one of the ways we like to set the conversation up is like, look, we're not going to, as I said, we're not going to cross talk. Um, we're not going to slip into problem solving mode. What we're here to do is to share information. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, who was an mm. FBI hostage negotiator. It's one of our favorite books for the last few years. I highly mm. recommend it. And so he was a, he was a hostage negotiator for the FBI. And um, the reason the book is titled Never Split the Difference is because, um, well, you know, if you're, a, if you're negotiating a hostage for hostage release, you can't say, you know, we'll give you half the money. You give us half the hostages and kill the rest, right. you know, like, right. you, you know, like you, you, you know, and so, what he realized was that he had to get underneath the demands and underneath the understand the emotional context that sat underneath everything. Mm -hmm. And he really, and in order to do that, he needed to appreciate, he didn't need to approve of, but he needed to appreciate the perspective of the other person. Mm -hmm. And so it puts you into this curiosity mode. It puts you into this listening mode. And um, actually Chris has a, his consulting group is called the black swan group. And because he calls it that is because when you use his methodology, when you, because when you dive underneath and you, when you look at things from an emotional context, solutions that were invisible or they suddenly can appear to you. And so um, we don't think of this as a problem solving or a negotiation tool, but it's something that can precede those. It's something that can kind of feed into those um, because it gives you complete information or more complete information 
to go into those with. Don't you think that's part of what the challenge is, is we go into these conversations with our information, mm -hmm. but we don't go into it with complete information. We go with our assumptions. We come in with our like, okay, this is my perception of stuff, but that's only part of the information. Yeah. I was going to say, we go into it with our information and assumptions about your yeah. feelings and information. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and I think a really important topic I mean, for me, why it took me most of my adult life so far to get good at important conversations was I just avoided important conversations most of my life. Mm -hmm. I avoided them because I was scared because I grew up in a family where important or big or emotional conversations got terrifying or violent or yeah. people were blamed. So I just learned to avoid completely I became a people pleaser, a codependent, all those things. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I, I can still slip into beating myself up for not being better. Right. But I've gotten really good at it in the last few years. And I really, I thank you, Bob, for being my partner mm -hmm. in this. We, we do really support each other in this. And I, I just can't recommend it enough. Like try this with your partner, try this with your family. We need more brave vulnerable conversations now more than ever. Yes. Amen. 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 And yeah. you know, it's interesting as you said that Alex, that there's this thing that happens in my coaching with people coming out of the closet. And even when I'm working with people who are like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur because now that everything is about everybody's got closets in my world, but especially those that are coming out of the closet, like, okay, so how do I have this conversation about I'm gay? Well, we're not going to reinvent the wheel here because you've already had some really big conversations in your life. If you are married and you're coming out of the closet, you've probably had conversations about buying a home, about having children, about which job are we going to take and who's going to stay home or who's not going to stay home and where are we going to move to? It's like suddenly people think, okay, this is brand new. So we have a brand new way of doing it. The situation is new. Yes. But I think we miss that we have a lot of ability to do this with one exception. And you just said it. Nobody ever sat us down and said, here's how you have these big conversations. Right. Here's how you do this with mutual respect. Here's how you do this when it's really scary and the stakes are so freaking high. Mm -hmm. And I love that this is what you guys are bringing into it. And again, I like how you position that this isn't necessarily quote unquote solving the problem, but it's setting it up so you can better solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And I take it as <laughs> I have to call out what happened last week, a huge parenting win that unbidden out of nowhere at the dinner table, our 13 year old son said, I'm really glad I'm being raised, learning how to care about other people's feelings. Mm. And I practically cried. It's like, of dude, me too. Yeah. I cried I'm when so I read, when I saw that post that you put, I'm like, her baby's growing up and she's a really good mom. <laughs> you go, Alex, you go, Bob. Well, I, you know, it, it was, but it was really hard for both of us. We grew up in families where it wasn't safe mm -hmm. to talk about the hard things and to really share who we were. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud that we've created a home where this kid feels like he can do that. And he's learning how to. Yeah. Not to get off in this realm, but I think... I hate it when I say thing because I'm trying to break my habit of that on podcast. But what I've observed is this is what's happening in our culture so much. 
nobody knows how to have important conversations. We are so just politicized and we're charged and, yeah. and I'm, a, I'm raising my hand folks. If you could see me, I'm raising my hand. I'm right there. But if nothing else that COVID has taught me, it's like to pause, stop, <laughs> breathe, breathe a lot, <laughs> pause a lot, <laughs> think a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Before I speak. Well, this is, this is our, our, like in my heart, this is what I want this book to do. I want this to give you the courage to tell the person or the people in your life that you most need to have these important conversations with. I'm coming to you with, with love and hope and good faith. Can we have a, a conversation about this topic that we need to talk about? And here's how we'll do it together so that we can both come together again in good faith with respect yep. and talk about this. And I tell you what, I've had a conversation, a conversation in the last few weeks with uh, an old friend and client that I was like, we really need to talk about some of the stuff you're posting on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a hopefully life changing conversation about some really, really important topics right now. So the structure works. <laughs> and you can do it yeah and so you guys are going to show us how we can do it okay you, you said that you promised that you're we're not getting off this podcast <laughs> without you guys living up to what you said and i have seen i have seen firsthand in some video stuff and i've seen actually seen alex um in live do some amazing stuff but i've seen both bob and her do stuff with their other book hell yes which We've got to get that book plug in. Plus, they've both got other books. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. These guys write books like I changed my clothes. So, you know, it's just <laughs> I'm working on mine. I'm working on book number two. And then I get interrupted to do a podcast with Bob and Alex again. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that book's not getting written today. But uh, so, yeah, I'd love to just kind of let's dive in. And yeah. Do you want to pick a topic, Alex? Um, I actually think the conversation that we've been in around family vacations wanna, yeah yeah right. unless you have another one that's top of mind no okay. that one puts me on the spot a little bit but i i can i can handle that i know i, I know but it's and we're and we're you know we're we're this we're on a podcast for for men in their 40s or men over 40s so yeah it's yeah. helpful i'm a man over 40 so. <laughs> so the first step is just to get clear about what we're talking about and why and we're we're talking about going to visit your family yeah for your mom's 90th birthday which is not a super close drive. And uh, we're talking about it so that we can decide whether to go and how to best handle the situation. Yeah, a little bit of background. You know, my family, my, my family's very small. Like it's just my brother and, and his wife and, and two kids and, uh, and my mom. And they live, you know, about a four hour drive away. So it's not super close. I don't see them that often. Uh, another little more background is that I is that we're not the closest of families. You know, we're mm -hmm. we're and there, there's there's been some some difficulty over the years, but we've remained connected rather than rather than going for full estrangement. We've decided to to remain connected and and cordial with each other. Um, they might describe it very differently than I do, but that's how I describe it. So okay, uh, gotcha. So and we're and so we're now we're and now in the age of COVID, um, and also with something as significant as a 90th birthday, which feels like a significant moment. Um, yep. There's yep. a desire to have a gathering of some kind, and and uh, so there's some debate. 
Mm-hmm. So we now talk. We now know. We now know what we're talking about, and then we could also say we're we're going to talk about it because we want to get clear and because we want to have a good experience. You know, just maybe adding a little notion of why we're talking about this topic as well. I should also note that I'm talking about this with Alex, and I'm not talking about it with my family. So the, the way I might approach the question with my, the conversation with my family is actually very different um, than the way I'm approaching it with someone who with whom whom I trust completely. So yeah, and this conversation will help you. Have that, tell have, them have that <laughs> or talk with yeah. them about it. Yeah, so sort of like, yeah, great. So what are your intentions around going to see your mom? So my intentions are to, you know, with an aging parent, you know, like I think the, and the acknowledging that she's getting older and as, as we all are getting one day, you know, closer to, to, to no, longer, no longer being with us, but wanting to be a good son and to the extent that I can, and by good son, I mean to the extent that I can give her the best experience she can have of her later years. And I know how important family is to her. Um, Particularly, it's very important to her that um, I and my brother at least appear to be getting along. (laughs) (laughs) I laid on the word appear. (laughs) So to be... uh, I can relate, I can relate, I can relate. (laughs) Yeah, so to you know to to give to give you know to if we do go to give her a little bit of a show, and if we don't go to give her at least you know to to not make the experience any more negative than it needs to be. So my intention is to take care of her. Primarily, it's my my intention is to take care of her, and also not to make myself a doormat or (laughs) or a victim to the whole thing as well. To preserve my own sanity and my own boundaries. And I, I guess my intention is really just to support you in whatever decision we come to. It's a, it's a much easier emotional load for me because it's not my family. Um, yeah. So whatever choice we make, my intention is to be a full yes to it. So as we're just taking turns talking about this, right? Mm-hmm. Intentions, intentions. We're not arguing about any points or. Yeah. We're just sharing information. We can argue later if we come across a disagreement, but, uh, but for now, it's just it's just developing that kind of tactical empathy. So what are your concerns about this? Concerns are uh, that it's going to be time-consuming at a time when I'm very busy with work and with launching a book. Uh, my concerns are that I might get sick or might get someone else sick with a potentially deadly disease. Um, and my concerns are that it will cause emotional disquiet that it's not <laughs> in myself that it will cause me to, that I will have uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm just going to like a little side talk here, Rick in this concerns, like really go for it. Like put out your worries, your fears, because actually having a safe container to be vulnerable and express what your amygdala is worried about. Yeah can without getting judged or dinged for it actually helps your nervous system to calm down so that afterwards you can actually make better decisions. So just by sharing, and I, you know, I call them the crazy worries in the back of my head you know, just by sharing them most of the time, like, Oh, that's not, I, now I see that that worry is probably never going to happen, but it keeps circling around in my brain. But once I say it, it kind of just goes away. So that often happens. So I just I just realized I have another concern, mm-hmm. and the concern is, you know, we would drive the New Jersey Turnpike on the way down there, and we'd have to stop to go to the bathroom. So inevitably, we'd go into one of these sort of. Uh, it's like a mall. It's like a mall, you know, like the the rest areas on the turnpike, 
And I'm concerned, like I haven't been out in, in sort of middle America <laughs> and I'm concerned that I'll be wearing a mask and people will call, you know, cause I hear people like being called names for wearing masks in public. It's become so politicized that I'm worried that I will be perceived as making a political statement when I'm simply trying to keep, you know, a virus out of my lungs. So, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I have all of those same concerns. Um, I also have this extra worry that no matter what you decide, you can't win with your family. <laughs> like if we go and we social distance and we keep our masks on, we'll be judged and teased, which will make us feel bad and be stressed. If we don't go, we'll be judged and teased and we'll feel bad. And yeah, I just, I know I worry that it's going to negatively impact our relationship. What's interesting about this, I, I'm just going to do a little meta commentary on it, is as we talk about the concerns, specifically that concern, which I find so funny or so endearing, um, is that all of a sudden I'm like, okay, so if I can't win either direction, well, one is less time consuming <laughs> <laughs> and less costly. Right. So, you know, if, if the, if the outcome is going to be similar in both ways, you know, like mm -hmm. they'll tease me in absentia. Mm -hmm. I won't hear the teasing. So. Right. <laughs> As you guys are going through that, I'm like, girl, I just not keep going. I feel like <laughs> check, check. my little gay mind's like, girl, I know what I'd be doing. I'm staying home. I'm doing my thing and I'm gonna it's, have some wine. And <laughs> it's clear to the rest of us, Bob and Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of the conversation, is that it really just helps you get painfully clear sometimes. And these these sort of things that are just kind of like vague discomforts, when you have to give voice to them, yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh that's what's going on there yeah and then when especially the, when we, especially in the concerns it is like yeah. it is like a instapot <laughs> holding everything in but as soon as you like oh, okay it's done and then we start to pull out okay well it's this and it's this there's no energy left you know yeah. one of the things that i've said not that this is all about me but it's interesting as i was listening to you guys my last talk that i've done i bring up the line of fears are only as alive as we give them life and this is the same thing. The concern is only as alive as we're going to give it life. And you guys are just showing how just bringing this out as part of the conversation is so powerful. Yeah. And speaking them is really powerful as well. Cause when we speak, actually, what is it that we, we have a good friend who's a, who's a neuroscientist and he talks about like, as you speak, it comes out of your mouth and it comes actually into your ear and it actually has a neurological impact in a way that writing it down in simple awareness doesn't. Um, that it actually can kind of like soothe and regulate your system in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why affirmations work. That's why mantras work. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So cool. boundaries. Yeah. The next piece is boundaries. And you can think of this as, you know, what do I need or suspect I need to be my best, to show up? You know, what are my, my self-care rules for myself? Um, so I have a few okay. that are very clear. One is if we go, we don't stay overnight. I know your mom has invited us to like stay in the, the hotel that's there in the nursing home. Which is closed currently. That's wishful thinking. But right. Anyway, it's yeah. not even open. I don't even want to stay in a hotel. Like we would drive down, say hi, and come back. Yeah. Um, we don't touch or hug anyone. We wear masks the whole time. We stay outside, like no partying inside with everybody. And um, 
and I don't, I don't think either of us should have even one glass of alcohol. And it's not just because of the... Until we get home. Until we get home, <laughs> and then we can have some. It's not just the driving, but I know for myself, like I get tired, I get cranky, and I have less willpower and patience for BS. So I am not going to be your best partner if I have <laughs> even one glass of wine. 100%. What are your boundaries? My boundaries are to actually to have boundaries, right? To be really clear and both with myself and with anybody that we're going to see if we do go before we go. You know, so the boundaries that you just sort of outlined around mask wearing and no touching and no going inside, to actually communicate those ahead of time via writing <laughs> rather or, you know, or, you know, and or phone calls but not to, you know, to kind of speak them out rather than just kind of pull, because sometimes, you know, like you, you have this intention, you know, that you hold this boundary, like, I'm not going to do that. And you get there and someone comes up to you and hugs you, you know, like, oh, hi. And you're like, oh, wait, you know, like you, so actually speak the boundary before we're in their presence mm -hmm. to yeah. make sure that that's really clear. And then um, the other boundaries are just, I love the one about alcohol and, I always like also when I'm doing something kind of intense, um, the teeth that's both tiring as well as kind of potentially emotionally intense to make sure that the next day I don't plan anything that's too, that requires much of me, you know, that I could spend a day on the couch watching the great British baking show. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Self-care after is really important. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So now just a, a side note about boundaries, you know, and we talk about this in the book, you know, you might not get everything you want right. if you decide to go forward. You're not ordering off a menu, but knowing what your partner or your team needs or wants for themselves. You know, when we have gone down in the past, I'm like, I need time alone from your family. I need to go for a walk by myself every day or have the car so I can go to sit in Starbucks for an hour, you know. And most of the time, we're able to support each other in what we know the other person needs. And if you know in advance, then you can help. It's not something you're trying to figure out in the moment when tensions are high. And then the last part is really the most important. <laughs> and we end on dreams, right? End on a high note. And this is where you share, if this were to go amazingly well, like what's the What's the dream outcome for me, for you, for us? And maybe release a little oxytocin together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is your dream outcome for this? This is a tough one, right? Because it is such a fraught thing for me to, to, to imagine, you know, like in many ways, like to imagine the, the dream outcome is nothing bad happens. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's like there is no fight, there's no emotional upset, no one cries, you know, like that's, <laughs> feels like a low bar, but it, it's, a, it's a real bar. And then I think the other piece is, which is more relevant for me, which is our relationship, which is that our relationship is either strengthened through, you know, kind of going through something potentially, you know, a little bit challenging together, or, you know, that we just show up for each other, you know, that we're, you know, that, that and I think that's always kind of a dream I have with this too, like having been someone who's, whose emotions have been volatile in my life. Um, and I know stuffing emotions doesn't work, but I also know like spreading them around doesn't work either, that I do neither of those things, that I, that I acknowledge the emotions that I have, but I don't actually express them in a way that damages any kind of any relationship or causes any upset either with us or with any of my family members. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, and I, it's strange to say this because again, it feels like a low bar, but I just, my dream is that nobody gets sick and nobody gets hurt. Yeah. And, um, and that again, that it's kind of making it a little bit more clear about what our decision is now. Um, and, you know, Rick, we have used this conversation. We've used it with our son about applying to high school, the, the application process. We've we used it to decide to get married and then plan our wedding. We've used it to, we've talked about sex. We've talked about money. We've talked about other family issues. And we've used it to talk about planning this book and big projects for companies and working with clients. So like this one tiny example, this intentions, concerns, boundaries, and dreams format is applied almost everywhere in our lives. As you guys were working through it, there was so many different moments where I was having conversations in my own head, which that happens all the time anyway. But um, it just brought clear some things, not only for this conversation I'm getting ready to have, but just in things that I have done with my kids in the past, with my own husband, uh, talking about things that are coming in the future. I can see the value of this. And I'm so glad that I came into this conversation very raw with the little bit of knowledge that I knew you guys would rock this out, but also to see this in a, in a completely unfiltered way so that I didn't have anything that I'm going, Oh, well, I already know this. I know this. I know where they're going. But I also found it interesting at times for me to see what came up for me. It's like, well, what if somebody thinks you're being really selfish because you're going through all this just because, you know, you don't want to go see mom. I mean, it's her 90th birthday after all. Why don't you guys just suck it up? You know, I could hear somebody saying that in my own head, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty clear. They don't have, they're not here in good faith. Or <laughs> they exactly. don't have empathy for me. Yeah. Well, exactly. well, you're also echoing what's going on in my head. You know, like that, that exact phrase is probably echoing through, you know, my head. Cause I think, you know, also, we've used this in a work context, as Alex says. We, I've used it a lot. Um, you know, I've facilitated board meetings. I've done a lot of you know planning of, of large change projects at, at my, my my consulting clients. And you know, I often, when it comes to boundaries, I often really you know we, the boundary often the assumed boundary with work is work comes first. Yes. Often, right? Yep. And people aren't one. They're not. They're often not even used to like thinking about their boundaries. And if they are used to thinking about their boundaries, they're not used to expressing them except when maybe they get violated. And they're like, you cannot do that to me. And all of a sudden now you're in a whole thing and it's an argument. Whereas, you know, I started doing this a few years ago because I work on some big complex projects sometimes and I assemble teams for them. And sometimes the teams are very experienced people or sometimes, you know, people who aren't very experienced. I was like, okay, well, what do you want? You know, like, why are you interested in taking on this project? I mean, we all want to get paid. So let's assume sure. that. And, and even that's kind of a taboo sometimes just to talk about that. Well, let's get paid. But then I also say, well, what helps you be your best at work? You know, like when, you know, for myself, and it's helped me set boundaries, especially being a father, you know, like I'm not going to answer the phone at night, you know, like, and I'm going to go home for dinner. And I, that's, that created bigger problems because I was working with some younger, younger childless people for, a lot of my career mm -hmm. uh, the past 10 years has been with, with a lot of folks who are, who are younger than me in a different place in life. And they're just like, go, 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 go. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And if it means I don't get to do this project, that's fine. I'll do something else, you know, right. and really being able to set boundaries. And what I've found is like running through those reps with myself has created 
so much more space and so much more um, compassion, both for myself and for others. Mm-hmm. And I've become a better consultant. I've become a better father. I've become a better partner simply because I'm really clear on what makes me work. Well, and just the, the fact of the question that you posed, like what helps me be my best? So often our best, we get in the way of our best because to Alex's point a little bit ago, we're such people pleasers and that I can't be my best with I, when I'm fully pleasing everybody else. And some people will say that's selfish. And to that, I, I'm to the point in my life where then you need to go work on that because I'm really good about doing my best for me and so that I can be better for others. If you don't see it that way, then go ahead. Go, you go figure that out. <laughs> I, I've already figured that out. So, Rick, but, uh, I have a great story of a client who I ran through this with, and she's a professional hair and makeup person for weddings. Mm-hmm. She works on a lot of brides and bridal parties, especially. And she's like, I can't, I cannot handle the emotional abuse that I receive from my clients sometimes. It's just too much. So we created, I can't remember the name she called it. It was basically a code of conduct that she goes over with her clients before they sign the contract. But we were able to phrase it in a way, and it goes through. She walks them through intentions, concerns, boundaries, and dreams. She frames it as, I am here to help you feel and look beautiful and good so that, and, and, and we're going to work together with respect and compassion so that your day, your big day sets the tone for the rest of your life in this marriage. And it's a game changer. I think it's so valuable when you can take something like this and you can take it out of the context of, okay, this is just for business. Well, no, this can work for business. This can work for high school decision-making for colleges. This can work for what we like to do sexually. This can work for what we're going to have for dinner. It can work for so many different things. And it gives you peace of mind. If nothing more, it gives you that breath. As I said, it's that, that pause the breath to like, okay, we're not rushing through this. And I can tell you that I've been sitting here thinking this all along. I was like, okay, Monday evening, I have a call with a bunch of guys coming out of the closet. <laughs> that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, I'm going to be saying, you got to go get this book. We are not going forward until everybody goes and pre-orders this book. And then we'll finish the conversation tonight. So, I love it. That is yeah. so wonderful. <laughs> well, but, it, but it is. There's so much conflict. And this is, you, you guys know this because you've, you've both been on my podcast and we've talked about this before. But there's so much conflict that comes through the coming out process. But if you just took these four steps and started to have these kind of conversations when somebody says, you can't be gay. Okay, well, let's have a conversation about that. But let's be very clear on what our intentions are that we'd like to get out of this conversation. Let's be clear on what our concerns are. Let's be clear on how we're going to have boundaries around how we do this. And I, as you guys were doing this, I was taken back to some spaces with my own parents over the years where I finally said, I am fine with you being where you want to be in your perception of me as your gay son. However, here's the boundaries of how things need to go down when I'm in your presence. I need a break. If at any point in time we start going down the religious rabbit hole, I will disengage and I will walk out of the room. And it was like, you could just see them like, 
but it was so empowering to me, not because I'm winning. It's like, no, I'm taking care of myself. I want to be in your presence, but I can't be there when this is going to be the outcome. Yeah. And my whole point for coming and this was before this was all, you know, baked by you guys. My whole point in coming to visit you is I want to just have a nice visit. That's it. I want to be able to see you. But if I can't come and have a nice visit, then the dream isn't going to happen. Mm. It's that simple. Yeah. And it's been interesting as we've all aged to see how we've smoothed things out. Doesn't mean it's mm. perfect. It still goes. <laughs> we still go derail from time to time. But I realize how much of what you guys have put together can help so many people just in my world of coming out. Mm and really having the great powerful conversations or for the other world of my guys that are in their midlife who are hitting those strides and going, I got to do something different. But what about the house and the big income and the prestige and data? It's the same conversations. And this would be so powerful for those guys or I can't leave what I've got. I've got to do this. Well, then yeah. it's time to have a really powerful conversation. <laughs> Oh man, I love hearing that from you. I really thank you. I I know I know the kind of people you work with. I know the work that you do in the world, mm -hmm. and to hear you say that this tool is so valuable just means the world to us. Yeah, and I'm serious. It's going to be something that I will, I will be putting on my okay my reading list. I just got another book. <laughs> That's how to do it, guys. But um, <laughs> what's the thing that you feel like you two as we kind of wrap it up here that you two feel like you have gained the most from by working this muscle and practicing this practice? Well, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually, uh, yeah. So I turned 55 in, uh, in a month now, just a, few, just a few weeks. And I, you know, it's kind of speaking to your men in midlife. Um, I didn't really, I don't think I really started living until I was probably like in my mid forties, early to mid forties. Did I really sort of mm -hmm. really get intentional about what it is that I wanted to create? And actually, I have a tattoo on my arm here that says the second best time is now, just to kind of remind myself. There's an old sort of proverb, right, that like the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but the second best time is now, right? Like you still have time. Don't waste time. And what that's, I think what this conversation has done and what this style of communication has done is it's allowed me to really deeply face um, and have difficult conversations both with myself and others about what it is I want to create and what I want my life to be about. And it means that I'm not living with regret. It means that I'm not living, you know, that's a little bit of a lie. I certainly have regrets. I wish I started 20 years ago and that's water under the bridge, right? You know, yeah. that what I've got is, is where I'm starting from where I'm at now. And I'm going to let go of regret. I'm going to let go of resentment. So I'm going to face things head on. And I am going to build a life that I want to the extent that I can. I feel so supported in this relationship to really be my full self. It wasn't until the last four or five years that I'm like, oh, I am an artist. I'm an artist. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, being able to own those parts of me that were hiding and secret and scared because I know I have, you know, we've, we have worked this muscle and I know he is for me and I am for him. And we've demonstrated to each other that we can explore tough topics and grow 
as individuals and together, which I did not have in my first marriage. There was no self-reflection. There was no ability or even expressed desire to have conversations like this. And to really be able to be yourself is, man, I mean, you know this. It's like the, the biggest gift and goal in life. I always say to be yourself is one of the greatest orgasms you can experience. <laughs> so, but also there's a little secret. I, if I remember right, now that Bob brought up the whole birthday thing, I believe Bob and I share a birthday. Do we? I think so. I think yours is August 4th, right? It is yes. indeed. Yes. You, you, me, and Obama. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, he already called me and said, hey, bro, what you doing this year? <laughs> I'm getting out and doing some, you know, some little hell raising to try to get things back on track you know i'm sure i'll see you somewhere out there doing the same thing but, uh, but yeah yeah and it's interesting you know i'll be 57 this year and i realize how much a not giving a shit about things has become more and more you know a common muscle for me to use but how much giving a shit about the right things mm. is also a muscle mm-hmm. that i'm starting to use but I can't bring balance to both of those without doing the work. Yeah. And I think what you guys have now delivered again is a beautiful tool set that can a- enable people to do the work if they're open to doing the work. And I think that's the key of all of this is you can have powerful conversations and you can have powerful outcomes but you can't wave a magic wand. You got to be willing to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you guys so much again. Mike, thank you so much for having us. It's so good to be here with you. Such yeah. This is such a good, good example of how you can step out into two completely different worlds and many worlds, but especially, you know, with my listeners of the coming out people and the life on closet sort of people and then the guys in midlife and take something like this and realize this applies to a lot of spaces. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm getting some chills about this cause I think this might be another one of those books. So um, I hope you guys really do well with this one. It's already Thank impacted you. me and, and as usual, because I love these guys so much. And since it's not just a single podcast, whoever sends me an email at rick at rickclemens.com, I am going to give away four copies of the book, two for each of the podcast listener groups. Um, Send your name in. We'll get you either the hard copy, Kindle, you tell me what you want. I want to get this hands in four listeners' hands um, because I think it will do you amazing, amazing, amazing work. So That is so cool. Thank you. Of course. Of course. So... Okay, well, I guess it's time for the three of us to go back to solving the rest of the world's problems. So um, <laughs> thanks again, guys, for being here. So love having you, you guys and being connected to you. Me too. Great. Thank you. That's a wrap for 40 Plus. Real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk where the conversations continue.